Welcome to Cash Call. Listen live as expert sales trainers give actionable feedback on real calls while you learn coaching tips directly from the professionals. Cash Call, everybody. Back again, Dale Archdegan and Brian Curtis. Uh, I am broadcasting live from the surface of the sun, and that's why I look like Casper, the friendly, uh, well-groomed ghost. Um, Brian, I don't know how to fix my... Uh, let me. I'm going to play with my sliders here and see if I can fix my lighting. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I don't have your your camera. I know how to fix it on my end, but you don't have the same camera I do. So, uh, yeah, I'm not good tech support. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on. So we have a listener call that was submitted today. Let me turn down the white balance. No, it's not brightness. Crank this the brightness. Yeah, that's, that's better. That's a little better, right? Um, so for those podcast listeners right now, I'm playing with my sliders, trying to keep me from. I'm trying to keep my image on the screen because it's almost like so bright it's coming off the screen. Oh, yeah, it's, it's just your glowing personality that's coming through the camera that cannot be stopped. It's yeah, there you go, Brian. <laughs> uh, I, I don't often get accused of having a glowing personality. Hey, you know what? I'm just practicing my reframes. So there we, there we go. go. I love it. <laughs> uh, all right. So we have a call, a listener submitted call today. Excellent. And uh, I don't know who submitted it. So the agent's name or ISA's name is Orlando. And I don't know if Orlando submitted it or Orlando's managers submitted it. So uh, Orlando, if you didn't submit it, surprise, buddy, uh, you're going to be live on Cash Call today. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and tee this up. And we'll play it. Hello. Can you hear it? Hello. Hi, Samantha. Um, I'm Orlando. I'm calling on behalf of David and Christine from. How are you? From who? Sorry. From. From bleep. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, I know that you've been searching for homes on the website. So here's what I'd say. We've played. Uh, I believe we've played calls by Orlando before, and um, he's gotten better at being assumptive when he goes into the conversation. Uh, here's what I would say. I think that the intro is clunky. I would only use the I'm calling on behalf of so and so if you're calling a past client or the or their sphere. Otherwise, just get rid of it. You know, if this is a lead from a lead source, they don't know who these people are and they don't care unless right. specifically came to that company, right? Or yeah. So like a, maybe a Google LSA that'd be a good script. Um somebody who yeah, very specifically when and found somebody kind of an organic lead that found somebody on their web, things like that. Absolutely. Hey, you were on such and such website, you know, are, but to your point, otherwise you're just, you're, they don't care who you are. Brian, tell the audience what a Google LSA is for those who don't know. Oh, sorry. Google LSA is Google Local Services. Um, if you're not part of it, you should be. It's a great thing. The only downside to Google LSA is I don't get enough leads from it. And I mean that, that otherwise, I mean, I yeah, I, I have an $8,000 budget a month and I spend about 300 bucks because they just won't give me enough leads. <laughs> so because they close an extremely high percent. I mean, they're basically people who went and Googled, they showed three agents who were awesome agents according to Google. I mean, your credibility is through the roof. If you're not, if you're not closing 25% of those that are actually, you know, sometimes you're gonna get I'm looking for a plumber or something like that, but the legit leads, they're they close at a really, really high level. The problem is I just can't get enough of them. Yep. All right. So let's get back to the call. 
recently, and we wanted to know if you're looking to yeah. buy or sell this year. Um, well, this year, to be honest, my husband and I, we just kind of stay up, like we're on Redfin all the time, just looking at what homes are um, available. But I don't think we'd be seriously in the market for another year or two. Oh, okay. No. I think this might have been a database call because he said, we're just look, calling to see if you're planning on buying or selling in the next year or two. So I think this was a, this was a yeah, this was a generic database call. So I think that's totally fine that he dropped their names as something that they would recognize. Yeah. Before you hit play, I'm going to say this. Orlando has an extremely soft voice. He might want to change that a little bit. And, and there are times to have an extremely soft voice and there's the times to be a little bit more aggressive. He's so soft. Now, no one's ever going to get mad at the guy. I mean, he's not offensive in any way, shape or form. But I said this to I was teaching a class right before this. Sometimes we have to push the edge of being offensive so that so that we'll get people to do things and, and offensive isn't the right word, but we no. need to be more aggressive. That's it. We don't want to be offensive. We don't want to ever use offensive language or do, say offensive things, but we want to be aggressive and push them a little bit. And sometimes when you're too soft, people are like, yeah, this guy, I, I can talk to him, but I don't, he ain't going to ask me to do anything, you know? Yeah. So that's a little bit of what I'm hearing here. And that's just a minor thing. That's the, you know, he can still be successful without that, but I think it's worth doing. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it aggressive either. If you think about it this way, if you go to listen to a speaker and the speaker's very quiet, you you automatically don't place as much credibility in them and you automatically are not as interested in what they're saying uh, because you also, you know, in a lot of cases, you're going to interpret that as either this is not important or they don't uh, believe it, right? Or it's, you know, they're not the expert. They're not commanding my attention. So Orlando should be louder uh, and project his voice more so that he can command their attention better. Mary Beth used a better word that I couldn't find, assertive. Assertive, there it is. I like that one. So, I want to give Mary Beth credit on that. Before you move forward, though, I want to actually say something else real quick. Dale kind of referenced this, but I'm going to reference where this may, may or may not have come from from him. They actually had two speakers give the same content speech to somebody and basically what the first guy um gave really really powerful content all of it was accurate and gave a ton of it but basically delivered it in this voice that kind of sounds like this that the second guy basically same subject but basically just blew smoke up everybody's butt basically platitudes for about sort of the same period of time but he was very excited about it here's the interesting findings from this People didn't say the first guy was excited and the second guy was boring. They said the second guy had better content. He didn't. They actually designed it so he had no content, but they said the second guy had better content. So why am I saying this? Be interested or at least sound like you're interested in what you're doing. And I'm not saying Orlando's not, but it's, he needs to be just slightly more assertive. So very interesting. If And by the way, if you have to do presentations, if you're kind Content sucks. Be excited. I'm just kidding. Have good content. But <laughs> yeah, that explains a lot uh, of you know. Well, I'm not going to make any jokes. Uh, all right. Yeah, so yeah we'll just we'll just keep going. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, but do you know what you're looking for currently? Yeah, currently we would. So now I don't like what he did. I'm going to rewind this a little bit because we did a lot of pontificating. But listen, we to did. What he said. Listen to what he said. Well, but I don't think we'd be seriously in the market for another year or two. Oh, okay, no problem. Yeah. But do you know what you're looking for currently? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> she just told you. But here's the problem. She goes on to tell him stuff, right? 
So okay. now Orlando, when faced with the answer of we won't be ready for another year or two, he thinks the good thing to do is ask what they're looking for because he just got rewarded for it. But it's that thing we talk about all the time where you don't realize the mistake that you made when it doesn't catch you. Right, and it worked out. It worked out. And I just, you, you and I, I know you agree with me that that's probably not the best way to take the conversation at that point. Because yeah. nine, nine times out of 10, they're going to say that answer, which is uh, nothing, bro. I'm just looking at houses. I'm not planning on doing stuff for years. Yeah, I, I just I mean, literally, the person just told them I'm not currently looking and he followed. And this is so if you're going to ask this question, I don't want this question, but at least say, hey, when you guys get ready to move, what's important to you in a house? At least you could go there. I still don't want to go there. But that's better than currently. What are you looking at? Because I just told you currently I'm not looking at anything. Right. So. Yeah. I, I think the much, much safer question is, oh, got it. Uh, what's going to be happening in a year or two? Or how did you come up with a year or two? Right. Just stick with follow the no. Right. Stick with yep. the no. That is the trail. Follow the trail. It's a more logical conversation to have with the conversation he just had was illogical. But at least it worked for him. Right. At least he didn't. Yeah didn't screw anything up so yeah and, and again this lady sounds like she's a nice lady and nice people have a tendency to be tolerant of you if they're not in a hurry um right. and that's really what's that's kind of what probably happens so yeah if, if you call me and brian me or brian and brian or i say we're not looking for a year or two and you ask us what we're looking for i don't think you're going to get this response uh, that we just heard yeah it's not going to happen okay <laughs> Currently, we would love to find, so we're in Edmonton, we want to find um, a, um, probably a four-bedroom, um, ideally either a partially finished basement um, or not finished at all, like depending on the rest of the living space, um, probably 2,000 square feet minimum, and then um, minimum of two bathrooms, and then air conditioning if possible. And then if not available when, it, like when we looked, that'd be something we'd want to work into the prices from Central Air. And do you know an estimated price range? Um, we were thinking somewhere between um, like five fifty and six fifty. Okay. You, I, I don't know, Brian. What do you think? I, I don't think you have all of these details. <laughs> this is great discovery for someone who's going to go look at a house next week. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. People who are buying a couple of years out are not usually this clear about what they want, what they want to spend, and what's important to them. Well, and let's, I, I don't know what the market's going to happen. This is in Canada. I know less about that than the United States. But well, Canada still has four houses for sale. I, I they have know. four. Okay, good. Excellent. But but my my point is this. What's five, what, let's call it 600. What 600 buys you today is a real good chance it ain't going to buy you in, in two years from now or even a year from now. So Finding somebody's price range to do what? Send them houses. And by the way, guys, um, Dale may disagree with this, but focusing on getting people on a listing alert is not a value in 2023, as far as I'm concerned. It was a value in 1998 through about you know 2008, 2009. But once Zillow and became popular and how we do things today, they have as much information, if not more than you. And I mean that. Think about it. If someone's looking in the $300,000 price range, we'll just use that in, in City X and they're serious, they look at that block of houses more than you do as an agent. You don't have time to know every single price range and every single city. You don't, you don't have time for that. 
the client gets on Zillow for three hours a day. They know more than you do about their thing. Stop trying to say a value is I'm setting up, setting you up on a listing alert. Right. It's not valuable yeah, I, anymore. No, I agree that, it, that it's not a huge value. Um, and it, what I'd like to point out is that in whenever the conversation, whenever you have a conversation with a lead, you're always trying to get the next step to be a face-to-face -face or a video or whatever it is. I don't care if they're not ready. You need that preliminary touch to help solidify that relationship with them because email is not going to carry you these days, typically. Let's see where this goes. Mm -hmm. And you said in the part of Edmonton, do you know which part exactly? Ideally in the north end. So we'd be looking at like um, Collett Kenyon or... Um, um, I'm going to see if he goes for lender and I'm going to see if he wraps, how he wraps this up. Like CY Beck. Uh, gosh, Nemeo, I believe it's called. Uh, I'm trying to think in the very top corner. Yeah. Okay, no problem. Yeah. Um, if you would like to, we can actually be, um, I can actually send you some emails regarding um, alerts of types of That'd be great. homes that, that would be, yeah, that are for, yeah. well, hand fit for you, no problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, Samantha. Um, as soon as, well, you're ready and I can be sending you over some examples, that would be great. And we sure. could probably be talking in your future. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, no problem. If I was Orlando's manager, I'd say, hey, Orlando, if you can't tell me why they aren't doing something for the next year or two, you have to pay me 50 bucks. Here's another thing. Play that last 10 seconds that you just played there again. That's good. That'll work. As well you're ready and I can be sending you over some examples, that would be great. And we sure. could probably be talking in the near future. Is that okay? Yeah. Pause. Okay. So I, I would have probably told this person, is that okay? You know what? I'll, I'll reach out to you when I'm ready. <laughs> well, you mean if you were the lead. Yes. And here's why, because you asked me the question, is that okay? You know what? No, actually it's not. I would prefer that you do. I'll just reach out to you when I'm ready. And, and I'm going to the extreme. Don't get me wrong. But here's my point. Tell people what to do. Great rapport with this lady. She's easy to get along with. Hey, by the way, I'm going to follow up with you every 90 to 180 days just because oftentimes people's life change. Theoretically, I know why she's moved because I've done a little bit better to want, wants to move and what's her factor. But here's right. the other thing I think is super important that was completely missed on this call and maybe it got fast forwarded through. Does this person own their home or are they renting? None of that was asked. We pretty much went through the whole call. So, guys, if you want to write down a question, you have to ask every single client who's or potential client who's willing to have a conversation to you. That's the question. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's not other important questions, but do you currently rent or do you currently own is such a powerful question. And Dale talked about this and I've talked about this. It's a current state question. Does doesn't frustrate anybody, doesn't irritate anybody, and also gives you tons of information. Oh, I currently rent. Awesome. What is it about your rental that you don't love? This, 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 this. Okay, perfect. Now I know. Or what is it about your, your current house that you do love? You know, what are the things that you want to make sure you, you keep? And all I'm doing is getting to people to talk about their favorite thing. It's them and their stuff. And doing discovery inadvertently with it. So, crap. Frozen, I don't know if it's me or you, Dale. Damn it. 
Okay, guys, I have no idea if I'm frozen or Dale's frozen, so I'm not sure exactly where to go here. So I am going to make the assumption that it's Dale that's frozen. So, and I'm assuming that he's going to make the same assumption about on, on my end. So it's Dale. Okay, cool. So with that in mind, um, since Dale's frozen, and I'm just going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to play our, play the next call and hopefully get a give. Oh, no, I'm not. Okay, Dale's gone. So, but I'm going to go ahead and play the next call anyway, and hopefully we'll be able to get a little information. Hopefully, Dale will pop back in with us here in just a second. So, let me reach out to you or connected us, I guess, more than anything. Okay. Uh, do you know which property it was? I don't yet. Their system is super goofy. <laughs> quite frankly yeah. um yeah. it comes so, in before i get it so i'm going to start here if you're buying portal leads this is a realtor.com believe i believe if you're buying portal leads don't talk bad about the portal i i think that was a thing that got taught over and over and over again well let me tell you why zillow sucks let me tell you why realtor.com sucks if you're buying the lead from them don't talk bad about them i know that seems like maybe a simple thing but um just say, hey, I'm, they haven't sent me that information yet. I'll have it in a second. With that in mind, what house are you guys looking for? So uh, don't dog on your own lead sources. doesn't make sense. Um, I think it may have been 305 Spring Creek, um, Spring Creek Drive in Lowell, Arkansas. Or it okay. may, have been, may have been 112 Spring Creek Drive in Lowell also. Um, One is three and a half acres, I think, and the other is just a house with 0.3 acres. Cool. And you said that was 305, and what was the other address? 112. 315? 112. Yeah. 112. 112. Yeah. Okay, 305 and 112. And those are both uh, just lots, you said, right? Like land? No, the three acres is a lot. Well, it's actually, it's got a house on it, but it's saying it's just three acres, and it doesn't doesn't give any description of the house because it looks like it's so here's what i want to say about this um we're spending a whole bunch of time right now trying to figure out what house it was instead of going through that it could have been very easy to just simply say hey um whenever you get that text that to me with that in mind what are you looking for we get an opportunity to just do a little bit of discovery here and it makes it seem a little bit less clunky and it makes it we can find out what the person actually wants and then we could backtrack to that so i can't say that enough times we see this happen over and over and over again where people are so focused on trying to find out what house the person is calling about that we miss the discovery and it becomes a little bit clunky so uh, keep that in mind just switch to the question hey go ahead and figure out what that property is but before we do that why don't we just talk about what you want what's interesting to you what's valuable to you what are the important things to you so all right we'll play just a little bit more old and not real good I, uh, i'm gonna fast forward a little bit too got acceptance stuff we would definitely like get into the other house and be able to look at it and, yeah you know you could yeah, make a decision at that point that. i think I think long term we would be interested in occupying the whole property and not necessarily having renters, but I don't know. I mean, my, I hadn't even considered that that I might would be interested in it, but but that's uh, really, um, Lord, I don't. At least it may be two hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> or or a hundred. 
at least a hundred thousand dollars more than what I would be able to do. Um, and that would definitely it, depend on the the condition of the first house. Sure. Um, yeah. Let me. Yeah. Let me. Like I said, let me get a hold of them and see what they're kind of thinking. And um, okay. So where I wanted to finish this thought on this call, just so everybody knows, the guy said, "Well, this is probably a hundred thousand dollars more than I want to spend." So here's the reality. You guys know this in a, in a market like we're in. You're not buying a house that is listed for $300,000 for $200,000. There might be an exception to that. But what I would want to do with this person, very honestly, is get them into the house and then sit down and do some kind of buyer consult with them. We have to look for those red flags. I've watched agents over and over and over throughout the years. Hey, Dale, welcome back. But I've watched agents over and over and over chase leads that aren't worth chasing. Here's what I mean by that, Dale. So I'll just let you know what was just said on this call. The guy's got a, he's interested in a house and there's some fixer up aspects to it. That's $300,000. And he's like, well, I wouldn't pay any more than $200,000 for this house. And my point in this market is this guy basically just goes and says, great, I'll just find you everything. I'll do everything that I want. In my mark, in this market, I might show this guy this house, but I'm going to spend a lot of time educating him on the reality that I am not going to show him 40 houses so that he can write lowball offers on 40 houses and I can waste the rest of my life dealing with somebody. It, we've, and the reason I'm bringing it up in this market, I feel like sometimes because it's challenging to generate new buyers and sellers in this market, that people are going to chase people like this. A bad lead is a bad lead. And again, I don't know if this guy's a bad lead, but I definitely don't want to spend you know, months showing somebody who wants to write offers that are 30% below asking price. So I don't know how you feel about that. Absolutely. If that's your game, if that's your business model, then get some VAs who are going to write those offers and don't bother looking at them anyway, because you don't need to. Uh, you can pretty much just go around and start writing offers at 30, 35% below asking and, you know, be totally fine. And that doesn't take a lot of lifting. If that's not your business model, don't waste your time with that stuff. Um, yeah. And you know what I do is here, here's how you figure it out. Find out what their need is to purchase. If they don't have a need, then they're not legit, right? If they don't have, because even an investor, an investor typically isn't going to spend uh, years uh, attempting to find a, a needle in a haystack. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to do their numbers. They're going to figure out what numbers make sense, but they want to do a deal. So even if their numbers, the way they're doing them are off, at some point, they're either going to quit or they're going to change their numbers or figure out a different strategy. So yep. I, that's what I would say if you're if you're working with investors. And right now, honestly, don't find investors. Find deals if you can. That's what that's the work. Find the deal. Find one hundred percent. Yeah, like you find the deal. The buyers will find you. But they, right. There's no trouble there. Yeah. So I think I mentioned this, but in thirty minutes, I'm I'm coaching team in Sacramento and what they're they're they have a, a guy that my point of contact there and he said this the other day he goes we have plenty of buyers that's not the problem <laughs> and their market's a little bit worse I think they're at 1.1 months of inventory so it's a it's a pretty extreme market right now compared to like my markets that probably double the amount of inventory that they have but that being said it's so easy to sell a house right now 
it's not necessarily easy to get a buyer and get them into a house right now with, you know, with interest rates and all the other garbage that we're talking about. So the key here is what is the real value? What is the value that I have? Well, finding somebody who is an off-market property, um, we probably do two to three off-market deals a month on our team right now. And we've got a, a team of agents who their entire job is to find off-market properties. You know, we call, we nurture, we do circle prospecting, we do Z buyer, we do all these things, and we just generate business because the problem is I don't have a bunch of houses to sell people. And, you know, it's always fun to call three or four of your clients and say, Hey, you know, here's three or I'm, you're not the only person because I, you know, put it on the list, but this house it's going to sell and it's not going to be on the market. Are you interested? Oh yeah. Heck yes. I'm interested. Remember people always want what they can't have. And they also, it's, it's great to compete against three other of my clients than 30 other people out there in the market. So. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I missed the call. I didn't get to hear it, but uh, everybody else got to hear it. My internet is not uh, playing nicely today. Yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you again. Not my area of expertise. So, um. <laughs> oh, well. you know, stuff happens, but it does. Uh, thanks for joining us today, everybody. Dale Archie and Brian Curtis Cash Call. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Cash Call today. If you like what you heard, come check us out at smartsalescoaching.com and we'll be back again next week.